Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, here is a mini-episode from our 2019 Study Smarter series for the USMLE Step 1 and Comlex Level 1. Our focus series this year is on psychiatry and neurology with Dr. Elizabeth Beeman, Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Fellow, and my wife. Stick around to the end to hear the announcements and learn about the other things that we have going on to help you study on the go. And to learn how you can get your board exam paid for, thanks to physicianloans.com. Welcome back, Boards Insiders. I'm your host, Elizabeth Beeman, and I'm here today to help you get ready for the USMLE Step 1 or Comlex Level 1, specifically going to be focusing today on psychiatry questions. So get in your car and drive somewhere, get on a treadmill and work out, make dinner for your family, Whatever it is you want to do while listening on your headphones, from your speaker, because we're about to give you the opportunity to study while you live. Let's get started. So our first question today, a 21-year-old woman with a history of anorexia nervosa referred for treatment of her depression presents in your office. She's actually concerned about starting an antidepressant because she's afraid it's going to make her gain weight. And she does not want any kind of medication that's going to cause this. Which of the following drugs is a contraindication in this patient? Choice A, bupropion. Choice B, citalopram. Choice C, duloxetine. Or choice D, fluoxetine. The correct answer is, answer choice A, bupropion. Boards Insiders, what else do you need to know for bupropion for the boards? A few things. First of all, you really need to know about not giving it to patients with eating disorders because this might actually be a medication that patients with eating disorders are specifically seeking to get. Why? Because it suppresses appetite. Unlike our other SSRIs, our selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, our serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, Our other antidepressants, those ones may increase the appetite if you have a patient with typical depression that's appetite was decreased till they went on medicine. They might help with your appetite a little bit, increasing it. They might decrease your appetite a little tiny bit, but it's definitely nothing significant. And probably more commonly, you'll see patients that will gain a little bit of weight on those medicines. Bupropion, on the other hand, definitely going to be a suppressant of the appetite. And so Patients who know about this from doing their online research or whatever, who have eating disorders, they're going to be seeking out, well, butrin, they're going to be seeking out bupropion, but you don't want to give it to them because of that seizure thing. Now, the two neurotransmitters that bupropion does work on are norepinephrine and dopamine. What other medications do we know in psychiatry that also work on norepinephrine and dopamine? And you got to think about the stimulants. So the side effects that we think about with bupropion are primarily going to be more stimulating. In some patients, this might mean that worsens their anxiety. In some patients, it might mean they have a little bit more difficult time falling asleep at night. Some patients even say it kind of worsens irritability. 
we can actually use that noradrenergic dopaminergic activity of bupropion to help patients with their smoking cessation. So the things that we want to be thinking about when we're prescribing bupropion, is this patient going to be at an increased risk for seizures, in which case we don't want to start it? Is this patient going to benefit from something that will help them quit smoking cigarettes, help them kick their nicotine addiction? In that case, we do want to start it. Oh, the other benefit of bupropion, no sexual side effects, which is the most common side effect of all of our antidepressants. Bupropion? Uh-uh. It doesn't do that. So use bupropion if you want to get it on. Next question. A recently incarcerated man is brought to the ED by a prison guard due to the onset of seizure-like activity. He was imprisoned three days prior to this, and the prison staff said that he had been agitated ever since he got into the prison. Upon arrival, he had been complaining of tachycardia and profuse sweating, but these symptoms were kind of disregarded as malingering. He had also been vomiting. However, approximately one hour ago, prison staff saw him have a tonic-clonic-like episode in the middle of his cell. He had a complete loss of consciousness. Upon examination, now in the ER, the patient is very anxious. He says he can see snakes crawling on the walls of his room. Which of the following medications should be given immediately? Is it answer choice A, chlordiazepoxide? Answer choice B, flumazenil? Answer choice C, methadone? Or answer choice D, thiamine? And the correct answer is answer choice A, chlordiazepoxide. Woo! What the heck is chlordiazepoxide? Chlordiazepoxide is this weird named benzo. Unlike alprazolam, traslam, and lorazepam, and all the other ones that sound the same, the PAMs, chlordiazepoxide kind of stands apart. But essentially, if you're picking chlordiazepoxide, you know that this guy is probably going through some sort of alcohol or benzodiazepine, GABA related withdrawal syndrome. Now, these other options were really just kind of trying to trick you based on the fact that they're hoping that you associate, say, withdrawal from opiates with a patient that presented from a prison. It's not an unreasonable association, but this guy's had a seizure. All right, we don't see seizures from withdrawal from opiates. We just don't. We're not going to be needing to give someone methadone in an acute setting as it is. Okay. We aren't going to be needing to get thiamine emergently. This patient probably will need thiamine. He probably has been an alcoholic for a while and he's probably low as can be in his vitamin B1. But right now we need to make sure that we are minimizing the risk of a future seizure, which could kill him or cause more brain damage. So we're giving him chlordiazepoxide. Chlordiazepoxide is also used commonly for outpatient management of alcohol withdrawal for patients who are getting off of alcohol because it has this amazingly long half-life. It makes it perfect for outpatient management, right? So we choose chlordiazepoxide. We could have chose lorazepam. We would choose a benzo. We want to manage the acute phase and prevent another seizure. Let me just add a little side note here. One of the options on there was flumazenil. We would not want to give this guy flumazenil. Why would that be? Because giving someone in benzo withdrawal flumazenil, the thing that you use to treat benzodiazepine 
overdose, the thing that reverses the effect of benzos, that's going to make the likelihood for him to have another seizure even higher. It's essentially like putting him into benzodiazepine withdrawal more so. And, And by the way, I'm kind of using benzodiazepine and alcohol interchangeably, and it's because whether you're addicted to benzos or alcohol, it's the same effect. Like, you're going through withdrawal, we treat you with benzodiazepines, so... But in any case, we don't want to give the guy flumazenil. Terrible idea. It would make things worse. They're just kind of throwing that on there as an option because they know you might associate it with that benzodiazepine group. And maybe you'll just pick it because you're confused or really tired or something. Don't do that. That would not be helpful. An 18-year-old female is brought into her physician's office by her mother for an annual physical examination. Her mom says that she has caught her daughter making small little cuts on her arms a few months ago. Physical examination is remarkable for a a few small, very superficial cuts on her forearms bilaterally. When you question her about this, the patient states that she has a turbulent relationship with her boyfriend. This causes her a ton of stress. Throughout the course of the conversation, the patient fondly recalls him as the best boyfriend imaginable. But later on, she appears very angry with him and says that he is evil. She talks about her fears of him being unfaithful and leaving her, abandoning her. She says that she always has a boyfriend and that she feels completely empty when she does not. Which of the following diagnosis is most likely in this patient? And your answer choice options are choice A, borderline personality disorder, choice B, Dependent personality disorder, choice C, histrionic personality disorder, or choice D, major depressive disorder. And the correct answer is borderline personality disorder. Answer choice A. Let's take a little look at what you should know about the personality disorders for the purposes of your step one. First of all, first aid has a great little section that breaks them down, honestly, very well. You can memorize about one page of information that is not that hard to to figure out and get these down pretty good. Know this. They're clustered into three groups, sometimes referred to as the cluster A, weird, cluster B, wild, and cluster C, worried personality disorders. Borderline personality disorder fits into the wild group, cluster B. What else fits into that wild group is going to be the antisocial personality disorder, histrionic, and narcissistic. The reason to think about these clusters for your exam is not because they're going to ask you what cluster a patient is in, but rather because knowing the clusters helps you recognize which disorders are going to be the most hard to distinguish from each other. So then you can kind of pay attention to what are the specific differences between the diagnoses within that cluster which they will be requiring you to have to understand. Now, for borderline personality disorder, you look for a history of some self-harm behaviors, especially multiple like suicide attempts, multiple very like little cuts and kind of less than lethal, typically lethal means for these suicide attempts, like overdosing on a very small quantity of pills or things like that. That might be something that you see in a question stem. You see a lot of unstable interpersonal relationships, especially with a significant other, and 
You may or may not hear the description of someone who feels that they kind of have put their entire sense of self into that other person and having that relationship. That description is going to be classic for a borderline personality disordered patient on the exam. The other thing that will always be a hallmark of borderline personality disorder on tests is if they do anything to try to suggest that the defense mechanism the patient is using is splitting. You will hear about this for sure when you get on your psychiatry clerkship, but splitting essentially means the patient has an inability to see the gray areas of people. So they will go from idealizing someone to completely devaluating them. They may love their psychiatrist more than any psychiatrist in the entire world and think they're the smartest and best and best looking and most effective and whatever, their best friend. They will go from that thinking to their psychiatrist ran 10 minutes late for an appointment. That psychiatrist is the worst psychiatrist in the world. They are always terrible. They're always late. They don't care about me. They've abandoned me, rejected me, blah, 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 blah. That person sucks. It is these extreme thinking, these extreme patterns of thinking about other people. That is really the hallmark feature of borderline. Differentiating borderline from perhaps histrionic. Histrionic personality disordered patients almost always have a description of well, they, you know, they might have this interpersonal relationship problems and kind of unstable relationships. They will make a point in the question stem to demonstrate that that histrionic person is very concerned about their physical appearance and often will do things with their physical appearance and the way they interact to get more attention. So these are people who might tell very colorful stories, wear very colorful clothing, and maybe even a little provocative clothing. If it goes beyond just somewhat provocative clothing to the point that the person is wearing like extremely inappropriate clothing, like a leopard print bikini in November to an appointment, then we would think more about a true presentation of like mania in in the context of bipolar. But for, you know, a more mild form, patients just wearing provocative clothing, think about histrionic personality disorder, probably the one that you would have to differentiate the most likely from borderline. So to sum up borderline, think about the small cuts, the multiple suicide attempts, histrionic, think about provocative clothing, wanting attention to their self and their appearance, and you should be good. That's it for this week. We are going to be posting a couple more microbiology reviews this week. Remember, our All Audio QBank iOS beta app is out now, so go download it on the App Store get a subscription, and learn on the go during your dedicated prep time or as you prepare for shelf exams. Step one is powered by Exam Circle, who provides us our questions for these mini episodes and um, as well as Lecturio. Step two is powered by Online MedEd, so it's like getting audio versions of Online MedEd questions optimized for listening. Besides our audio QBank, we just launched a new podcast called Physiology by Physio, especially for preclinical students and most especially for those locked in to dedicate a prep time for their USMLE Step 1 study. So go subscribe to that. We'll be adding new episodes very soon. 
Listen to the trailer and you can find out how to get a 25% discount on a premium physio subscription. And then finally, click the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash paymyusmle. Learn about the contest we have going on whose grand prize will be to pay for your USMLE or Comlex exam registration fee. Beaming out.